Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. there ho there welcome on in everybody thanks so much for tuning back in for clicking on today's episode appreciate it as always jonas nordman here believe and jayhawks basketball show stumbling through this crazy era this wild year this whatever basketball season we're just stumbling on through it like tom brady getting off of a boat that's right. It's the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show and the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I believe that I may have figured out, put my finger on, maybe sort of figured out what's going on with this Kansas basketball team. It's a working theory, and we're going to work through it together here on air. Whether it makes sense, whether it doesn't, we're going to figure it out together. On top of that, here's what we're going to do. I don't really want to talk about the game that happened Monday. Two mediocre teams, let's call it. Not really playing that great of a game. Kansas picks up a ranked victory as KU is now unranked. Although you watch Oklahoma State and you tell me that that's a a ranked team or deserving of a ranking. Kansas is getting ready starting tonight, and I'm recording this on Thursday, February 11th. They're preparing for their own version of Attack of the Clones. Yes, a game tonight against the feckless and very tame Iowa State basketball team. One tonight, and then they travel to Ames, go to Hilton Coliseum. And they will battle against Iowa State again on Saturday. So it's an interesting time for Kansas as they have now fallen out of the rankings for the first time since I think it was 2009, which is when I was a freshman in college. <laughs> Man, I wish someone could have given me a heads up back then. Um, I thought, I, I really thought at that time, I remember Kansas being really close to the edge but not actually falling off, but I guess they did. The Sharon Collins team, the Cole Aldrich team, right after they won the national championship, I was thinking right after or watching that Kansas team, especially after the tough one against West Virginia over the weekend, like Sharon Collins would never let a team go on right. Oh, well, I guess he did, but he dragged him through and that team still won the big 12. Yeah. That's not going to happen this year, regardless of the fact that Kansas is probably about to go on a, I think, a five-game winning streak in all likelihood. And if they don't, it's disgusting because they, they beat Oklahoma State on Monday. They should pick up two easy wins against Iowa State, who has lost, I believe, eight games in a row. And then they go to Kansas State. Again, we saw how putrid of a basketball program or basketball team K-State is this year. Uh, just a week or two ago. So Kansas is more than likely going to be unranked 
just for one week, which is really tough to bear. <laughs> Fall out of the rankings, break a really long streak, only for it all to sort of be rectified all within seven days or so. Um, again, they pick up that victory over Oklahoma State. All five starters end up scoring double figures. A nice get healthy game. Cade Cunningham, really good player. Looks like he has a really tough time being assertive, knowing when to go for it or when to lay back. He's, what, 18, 19 years old. He'll figure it out. Really talented. And as Fran Fraschilla said a couple times on the telecast, some amazing passes that he threw out there that are going to be finished by NBA players. I mean, I think the wraparound pass right before the end of the first half and his teammate just clanged a wide-open three-pointer sort of tells you all you need to know. He's going to go to the NBA. He's going to thrive because he's going to be surrounded by just exceptional basketball players. So that's the deal. So let's just talk about Kansas uh, again. You know, they, they lose to West Virginia. KU battled. The final score was by 11. But you, know, you go to Morgantown. It is what it is. KU's mediocre. So I think with this Kansas team, people are going to be saying, what's wrong with Kansas? What do they do right? What? What's the issue with this program or with, with this specific team? Yes, every single broadcast brings up the talent nonsense. Oh, this isn't a vintage Kansas team. Well, obviously it's not a vintage team. You're not going to call it a vintage team since they're not winning. So don't give me that. I've, I've blabbered on enough about that. It's nonsense. Come up with something else. And this may not be a worthy argument, but my whole thing is, what do they do well? What are they bad at? Well, they seem to be competent at a lot of things, but they don't seem to be consistent or do one thing excellently. Hear me out. There are times where this is a good three-point shooting team. Take, for example, the first game against West Virginia. Take, for example, Oche Abaji against Texas Tech. We've seen Jalen Wilson at times be lethal from deep. But they don't do it consistently. You go into a game and you say, okay, if Kansas or Kansas as a good three-point shooting team going up against this specific type of defense should work. You can't say that because Kansas can get all the open threes in the world and they may just end up clanging them all, which has happened. Kansas, at times, can be good defensively. And then there's other moments. Take, for example, the Texas game or like the, the Tennessee game. Actually, the Tennessee game, they I thought they contested Tennessee's outside shots somewhat decently. But there's other times where opponents will drive right around their man, right into the body of David McCormack and score easily at the rim. But there's other times or they're amazing defensively. And don't bother with the next couple of games against Iowa State and K-State. Like, you might as well just throw out the tape from those games. Kansas has an interior presence. Well, we know <laughs> we've all been crowing and we've all been complaining about the same stuff. David McCormick at the moment, yes, is the most consistent and really the best offensive player that Kansas has. But that wasn't the case through the first half of the year, really up until the new year. So to a lesser extent... Jekyll and Hyde performances for David McCormack. But I think you get the idea. 
Kansas can't latch onto an identity, and maybe that's what we're sort of working our way towards here. This team has no identity, and the season's almost finished. Hell, Bill Self can't even figure out the rotation. And on top of that, I don't think he's really had his full deck of cards readily available to him. Bryce Thompson, in spurts, has played well. Then all of a sudden, he gets hurt twice in the same year. Although, apparently, he's practicing again. Tyon Grant Foster has his moments. And then I believe he was banged up also for the game against Oklahoma State. Not available. You know, Dewan Harris at times. Really good point guard. All of a sudden is not seeing the court. So I don't think Bill really knows what to do with his rotation. And when's the last time you ever said that? Here's a hint. Never. Bill Self, certainly by February, usually by January, and in normal season, I know. Usually by January, has figured out, okay, this guy, this guy, this guy, you're not going to see a lot of minutes as we get into conference play. And he's still tinkering, and he's still toying, and he's still saying, Tristan Anaruna, should I get you in there? He's still trying to figure out when to maybe fit into Juan Harris, like I mentioned. He's still figuring out when to get minutes for Mitch Lightfoot. By the way, my opinion on that is thanks for the effort, thanks for the charisma and the online presence and the hustle. But Mitch Lightfoot, I don't need him to see the floor again. He's a net negative. KU either loses the lead or gets significantly decreased. His energy, his all that, he gives up easy buckets offensively because of his height and his really lack of athleticism. Wide open dunk gets blocked. I think that's happened in the last couple last couple of games a couple times. So I am still firmly holding on to the theory that KU has played a whale of a schedule. And essentially everyone that they've played is good up until now as they have taken on K-State once and are about to take on Iowa State a couple times, plus another round with the Wildcats. And I think when KU gets into the tournament, which, valid point, everyone in the tournament's good, right? They're going to be so battle-tested. And just the depth and the wear and tear of a brutal Big 12 schedule I don't know. I really am still holding on to, and maybe I'm wearing crimson and blue glasses here, and it's just going to be a first-round exit for Kansas. But I don't know. Weirder things have happened in the tournament, right? Than a team with the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year, McDonald's All-Americans, guys who are capable of scoring 20 on any night. No, that's not that strange that a team with that roster could go on a little bit of a run in March. So here's the, here's the working theory. No identity. Kansas capable of doing different things on the basketball court. Unable to consistently do it. I don't know. Maybe it sounds convoluted. Maybe it sounds ridiculous. Let me know. You know the avenues to reach me. Maybe I'm just putting myself on my own couch and trying to work through my issues with this basketball season. I mean, look, here's the thing. 
Baylor and Gonzaga are in such a class of their own that it would be a shame if we didn't get them in like a national title game. But if a team like KU was to crash the party or something, anything could go in a one game, you know, winner take all situation. Those two teams, like Kansas and Baylor last year, and you could say Gonzaga was right there. But you knew those were the best two teams. And this year, the the wheat has certainly separated from the chaff in an even more extreme way. Baylor, Gonzaga, rank them 1A, rank them 1B. So you have to do 1-2. I think Gonzaga might be on the cover of Sports Illustrated this week. So. Those two are a different class. Like, they're just going to be duking it out. Real quickly, or not real quickly, but moving on, I do sort of want to let you know what to expect from Iowa State. It's fun. I, I have no qualms in laughing and feeling great about the fact that Iowa State blows. Man, do they suck. Iowa State has not won a basketball game since December 20th. Remember the 20th of December? Man, the calendar was about to turn. There was so much hope. Perhaps things are going to change once that calendar turns. No, things still kind of stink. Maybe lessening, depending where you live. But at least Kansas has won a few basketball games (laughs) in the new year, in 2021. Part of the issue, Iowa State had four straight games postponed starting January 13th. And remember, you want to bemoan Kansas being unranked in the bad run that they went on? Keep in mind, it was that game January 16th. KU versus Iowa State that got postponed, and Kansas did not play a home game for three straight ball games. KU wins that game. Probably doesn't fall out of the rankings. And again, because of that, I feel no issues with putting an absolute hurt on Iowa State. This is the program that considers themselves the equals in the Big 12, has been a rivalry, has a vocal and low basketball IQ fan base, or at least at the Hilton Coliseum when they're getting all fired up. Put it on them. I don't care. And Oh, and that team that Iowa State actually beat on December 20th, Jackson State. Here's the thing, though, about ISU. They are playing better. (laughs) Last couple games versus West Virginia, lost by four. And then against Oklahoma, lost by seven. And then against TCU, only lost by three. Granted, that was preceded by a 39-point beatdown to Mississippi State, and a 21-point loss to Oklahoma State. But they are making things interesting recently. There's only one player you need to know for Iowa State. The same player leads them in points, rebounds, assists, and steals, and that is guard Rasir Bolton. 16.6 points per game, the next highest. In fact, there's three players averaging in the 11-point-whatever range for Iowa State. Rasir Bolton, 5.3 rebounds per game for a guard. Tells you a lot about the big guys for the Cyclones. 
assists, four and a half per game. No one else is even close in that regard. And steals, who cares? No, 1.8. So, yeah, Marcus Garrett versus Rasir Bolton. All the switching, all the concerted efforts going to be going right on Bolton. And if you slow down Rasir, uh, something tells me that Iowa State is probably going to get choked off and really have no chance. But good for him. Oh, excuse me. I don't know if that came through <laughs> the microphone. Went to Rasir Bolton's player page and an advertisement blared out from the web page. So, yeah, I, I like to mention the odds and all that. Um, if you're wondering, KU has or is likened to have a 91% chance of winning this game by ESPN. They're double-digit favorites. And, yeah, KU is going to go on a five-game winning streak. Take it for what it's worth. This is the time to get in a groove. And this sort of lends to my theory of who knows what might happen in March. You play these garbage teams. Something maybe clicks. McCormack continues to be steady and reliable down low. Maybe someone like Abaji figures out his outside stroke. And then you get something from Christian Brown or Jalen Wilson. And then things start percolating again. Oh, and that's the other issue. Jalen Wilson. I mean, I know he finally got in double figures again against Oklahoma State. Whether he's scouted, whether he's hurt again. Remember, he missed all of last year because of what an ankle or foot injury and surgery. Take it from a fine-tuned athlete like myself who has had a foot injury himself as well. It still flares up. It's still troublesome. You know, people confuse me and Jalen Wilson all the time. Both of us best friends with RJ Hampton, who had a sweet dunk last night for the Denver Nuggets or Utah Jazz. I think it was against Denver. But he, Jalen has fallen off a cliff production-wise, right? So if he overcomes that freshman wall, redshirt freshman wall, or is able to go against scouting, whatever his problem is. Maybe he just needs to be a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. Then things start looking maybe a little bit brighter for Kansas because he was the one carrying KU early on in the season. Kentucky game, certainly the St. Joseph's game, hit the game-winning shot against Creighton. So we'll see. Don't be surprised and don't come groveling after this little run and Kansas all of a sudden starts looking a little bit better. Maybe the flaws and the warts are too much to overcome. Only one way to find out. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the blowouts. Or what should be blowouts? If, if Kansas does not win by double figures against Iowa State and K-State, then yes, the issues are too much. And you can plan a vacation. Well, don't go on a vacation. You can start planning something to happen in March. Hey, enjoy Valentine's Day this Sunday for all you lovers out there. Or, you know, sit back. Don't enjoy it. Keep to yourself. It's a Hallmark holiday anyways, right? Who needs it? Regardless, I know it's absolutely freezing across the Midwest. 
So stay warm, bundle up with a loved one or with just a blanket. Listen to this episode, watch some basketball, and we'll see where we're at this time next week, right? All right. Take care, stay safe, stay vigilant, and as always, rock chalk. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.